Well, as I mentioned, uh, we are in uh, week two of this sermon series called Sayeth, and Sayeth is actually an interesting word. It's, uh, it's an abstract word. It's thus saith the Lord is where we see it in English, and it basically means utterance. The title of the series comes from uh, this word, saith, but it's, it, we're taking a look at four times that God spoke throughout the Bible. It's not the only time God spoke throughout the Bible, but four times specifically that he spoke, and what does that look like? For us, and really we're addressing this question that says, Does God still speak to people today? And if so, what does he say? Or maybe maybe a, a more important question is, why does he say it? And what does that look like for me? Now, if you're not a believer, if you're if you're not a Christ follower, maybe you're just new to church, this whole thing of God spoke to me is a little creepy. It's a little weird. People in the past have done things saying, God told me. We've had recent, within the last 10 years, weird situations of moms doing damage to their children because they thought the voice in their head was God. Just strange things. But really, it's not necessarily this audible voice we're talking about. It's those still small impressions that we have on our spirit to do something, to move in a certain way. God speaks to us in many different ways, not just an audible voice. Some people have heard audible voices. I shared a story at our downtown campus last week. might share it next week um, about there was a time where I I knew God was speaking directly to me and what happened after that. But God puts impressions on our spirit. We, he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through prayer, through, through dreams and visions, through circumstances. There's many different ways that God speaks to us. But the key is he never speaks to us outside of his character, outside of his, his uh, lo- love and purpose, and outside of what we see God saying in scripture. God does still speak to us Today. So last week we saw the story, Pastor Tim talked about the story of uh, Eli and Samuel. And if you remember the, the story, Samuel was sleeping in the temple under the care of Eli and he heard God speak three times, but he mistakenly heard the voice as being Eli. So he goes to Eli, what do you want, Eli? I heard you over and over and over. Finally, Eli wises up and says, wait a second, I think it's God. I think, I think Samuel, I think you're hearing God. And so when you go back to your, your mat, Samuel, when you hear that voice again, say this. And he said, speak, say this, Samuel, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel, if you remember, goes back to his mat, he lays down, and uh, he, he's on the mat, he hears the voice again, he hears his name, Samuel. Well, I don't know what it sounded like, but that's what's in my head. Samuel, and uh, voice of God. And, he's, and, and Samuel says, speak, your servant is listening. And God delivers a message to Samuel. Now, that brings us again to a story today. If you consider yourself a Christ follower and you're committed to walking in a relationship with God, what we're going to talk about today is not just a a story from the Bible, it's your story, it's my story. Because what we're talking about today is this idea that if we were honest, if you were honest with with yourself, there have been times in your past, and maybe even right now, that you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is asking you to do something hard. He's asking you to do something very, very difficult. Maybe at work, he's asking you to kick up your efforts a, a notch because you've been lazy. And as a Christ follower, 
more than anybody else, we should be the ones who are the best employees at our company. Why? Because God says to work at everything as if we're doing it for him. Maybe there's someone you know that just needs a word of godly encouragement and you've never shared about the hope that you have in Jesus and that peace and all of that because, you know, it's kind of awkward. It's, it's weird, even for me as a pastor. I, you know, that's not my natural thing to, to, to do and, and, and it's an intentional thing that I have to be intentional about and thinking about of sharing the hope that I have, the joy that I have. Maybe in your home you've said something or did something or thought something that, that you knew was just simply unkind and unfair, and God impressed upon you that you need to make it right. For example, oftentimes as I'm preparing messages, God, I don't prepare it for you. It's all for me, and this was one of those messages. Uh, as I was preparing the message, um, I just had the impression on my spirit that I was just treating my family cruddy. Uh, over the last couple of months. And I just was convicted. Kelly had taken a flight. She's a flight attendant, so she was on her way down to Texas. So she's in the middle of the, in midair. So I texted her this. I just felt so convicted. I said, hey, hon, I know you won't get this for a bit, but I'm being convicted in the message I'm writing. I'm sorry for being so edgy lately and taking it out on you and Maddie. It's the stress of work that I'm letting creep into our home. That's a screenshot from my text. When she landed in Texas, in Texas, she responded, I forgive you, crabby patty. <laughs> That's love right there. <laughs> what happens as Christ followers, though, is that there are times when you just get this sense that you're being led by the Spirit to do something difficult, and, and you respond in a, in a couple of different ways when that happens, typically. One of the ways that we respond is you rationalize that it's not God, because God doesn't speak to me like that. What you really should say is, I don't recognize him speaking to me like that. Because God speaks to all of us all the time. Did you know that? He is constantly speaking to us. He's constantly impressing upon us things that we should do, uh, things that we should be about. Basically, his love for us is always being communicated. God is not mute. Another way we respond is, you only do a portion of what you think God is telling you to do. You don't say that difficult thing. You may enter into a conversation, but you don't say that thing you know God is asking you to say. Or you know it's God, and you know it's right, you know it's hard, you know that the potential outcome is going to be difficult, and so you completely ignore him. You run away, and you hope in some way that he'll forget about it, find someone else. But what you need to know is the heart of God is relentless, He's relentless with his purposes, and part of his purposes includes you, includes me. So that gets us to the story of Jonah that was uh, talked about before. Um, you know the story, uh, Jonah uh, chapter 1, verse 1. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of uh, Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. And if you remember the story, we talked about this in a sermon series last year. Uh, you can actually get that online if you go to our website. You can listen to that sermon series. Um, but Nineveh had hundreds of thousands of people in it. And even today's standards, that's a big city. But back then, there, there weren't those kind of cities. There were little villages and and, and places people live. But Nineveh was this massive, massive city and powerful city in the region. And it was evil. It was relentless 
in what it did to people who would come against it. So for Jonah, it would have been easier if God asked him to go to one of those little villages. But Jonah asked him to do this huge thing, and Jonah responds this way. But Jonah got up, so he started to go, and he went the opposite direction. To do what? Say this together. Get away from the Lord. I love this verse, because Jonah's story right there is our story. My story, your story. How many times... Have you heard the call? Heard the call to make a hard call, to turn from sin, to speak words of truth, and we remove ourselves from the situation entirely. So Jonah hears this call, and he runs the opposite direction to, to get away from the Lord. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for, for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Can you wrap your brain around that? Hoping to escape the Lord, the God of the universe who is everywhere, no matter where you are, he is always there. I'm going to run away from God. Really? What was he thinking? But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea causing a violent storm that threatened to break up the ship. And you know the middle part where he was, the, the other people on the ship thought it was him and, and so they threw him overboard and, and actually Jonah said, just throw me overboard. This big whale or great fish comes and swallows him up. He's three days in the belly of the fish. He's praying to God, God, I'm so sorry. I'm, I recognize what I did was wrong. The, the, the whale spits him up onto the ground, onto the shore, and now picture him sitting there in the sand He's pale because of the acid from the stomach of the fish. So he's, he looks different. He's pale. He's probably sick. And he's sitting there. And then, I love this. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. What's so cool about this point is that God doesn't give up. He doesn't give up on Jonah. He didn't give up on you. He doesn't give up on his purposes for the world. And he says to Jonah, get up. Go to the great city of Nineveh. Deliver that message. Remember that message, Jonah, that, that I told you about before? Deliver that message. And I love this. <laughs> this time, Jonah obeyed the Lord, right? Because there was a consequence. He obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh. And so Jonah tells the people of Nineveh, turn back, turn back from your sin. Repent of your sin because in 40 days, God's going to flatten this place. It's going to destroy your city. And when the king of, of uh, Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne, took off his royal robes, dressed himself in burlap, and sat in heaps of ash. This was not expected at all. I mean, normally if someone was going to be disturbing the peace, especially in Nineveh, they would just kill him. That's what Jonah was afraid of. But the outcome of Jonah's ultimate obedience to God was saving of thousands of people. God spared Nineveh because of Jonah's message. And the king's heart was melted. And here's the lesson in this. We're talking about God speaking to you to do hard things. What happens when somebody else has been spoken to and they come to you to speak some hard things? Our emotional response is, wall, don't get out. You, yeah, I may have done this, but look what you did. Isn't that our response often? 
How is your heart on this? Is God speaking to me through this other person? And that's hard. Um, This past week, uh, a couple who doesn't attend our church but is connected to our church um, uh, made an appointment with me and came in, and we had a, a wonderful conversation, but there was some something that I had said and done that just didn't sync up with them. And um, uh, so we had one of those conversations that was like a whole month in the making. You know, one of those conversations where it's like, I know that the potential of this conversation is going to be not the the greatest, the potential anyway. So they came in and, you know, you're coming into the pastor and I'm so mean and scary, you know, and so I could tell that they were really struggling. I was struggling, it was, and we just laid, it, laid the issue on the table and just worked it all out, and we had a fantastic conversation. But as a leader, I had to be open to hearing what their concerns were. I affirmed the truth. I affirmed things that I had said that, I, that it was just wrong, and there were things that they were saying from their perspective that I didn't agree with. So it was one of those great conversations. But the point is this. Are you open to hearing what other people have to say to you? Are you open to hearing what God has to say to you through other people? And the beauty is, and if you're not a Christian, this is something that's very unique oftentimes with a Christian church, and it should be um, about all churches. And our church harbors this very well from my perspective. When there's an issue to be, that needs to be addressed, we do it in a loving way. We, you know... There's only been three times I've hit somebody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, but, but we do it in a loving way, and that's how we're supposed to do it. We go to somebody. We go to the person. If there's somebody at church that offends you, or, or especially in the body of Christ, we need to get those things worked out, and we need to talk through those things. And what, what's really cool about this whole thing with Jonah, too, is, and this is the awesome thing, from Jonah's perspective, um, again, from Jonah's perspective, God will come, over, come to you over and over saying things that may be difficult to do or to say or to hear. But he comes to you much more telling you things that are beautiful and lovely and wonderful. Jonah's message to the king wasn't of condemnation. Ultimately, it was a message of, from God through Jonah that God was offering the city a way out of ultimate destruction. You see that? If they repent... God will spare you. God will spare your city. The default mode is you guys are going to die. God has sent me, Jonah, Jonah, me, to, to tell you that there's a way out. He was offering them to be rescued and not destroyed. That's the same love of, uh, that God speaks to each and every one of you. Words about how you are loved by him, how you are his masterpiece, how you are formed in your mother's womb, and, and God knew you even before the foundation of the world. He speaks over and over about your worth and your value. He tells you that he remembers you, and he forgets the guilt of your sin because of Jesus. He impresses upon your heart that in the midst of tragedy and sorrow and pain, that he provides hope, joy, and life. This is the God who speaks no words of condemnation for those of us who are in Christ. It's Romans 8 stuff. And as much as you want to get away from him sometimes, I, I do, because I, I'm afraid of some of the consequences of 
the actions that he's calling me to do, really there's no place to go. Because God is relentless for truth and for love and for rescuing and for being an ever-present help to you and an ever-present help to those who he's calling you to love. So there's one question that you need to ask if you sense you're being prompted by the Holy Spirit to do something difficult. And this is just something, last, last week at the downtown, I gave everybody an assignment that every day, some point during the day, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and then listen. So this is kind of our assignment for this week. Um, if you're sensing, boy, God is, and maybe it's right now, maybe in this room, maybe listening to my voice on our podcast, maybe it's like, okay, I, I know exactly, I've been struggling with this, I think God is leading me this way. Here's the question you ask. If I followed through with what I'm being told, is the outcome good for God? If I obey that prompting, if I did what I sense God asking me to do, does it bring honor to God? If I helped out my neighbor who's struggling financially, if I came alongside and encouraged that kid in school who's hard to love, will God smile? If I brought a message to someone who's heading down a road that leads to hurt and to pain, will God be lifted up? If I apologize to my wife, to my husband, to my kids because of something I did or said, will it mend a relationship that God had designed? And if the answer is yes, don't get on a boat to Tarshish. Follow through. Ask God for courage. And even though you don't know what the outcome is going to be, it could be good. Most of the time, actually, it is even though you don't know the outcome, you can trust that God will give you strength to take the step forward and to handle the consequences. Trust in God. Follow through. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. Let's stand to pray. Lord, there may be some of us right here in this room that uh, we know that we, there are things we've been just holding on to, we've been putting off. It's, it's you know, that person that we know at work that um, we can help them. Uh, it's, it's that person that we know or, or uh, that thing that I know I'm supposed to be doing that I, I just, I know it's you. And I've just been putting it off, Father. Give me the strength just hearing in this room and maybe even just whenever I look at my bracelet this week, that I listen to your voice and I act on what you are calling me to do. Father, maybe for some of us it's to hold back with what I think I should do. I, I, I mean, holding back from what, what I, I want to do in terms of revenge and getting back at somebody. Maybe it's holding back, God. Maybe you're telling me to do something by not doing something. Father, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, God, let your Holy Spirit bring up this message throughout this week as we ask as I ask, God, if I follow through, is it going to be good for you? Is it going to be honoring for you? Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us and not being a God who's far away, but being right here in this place in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.